Hello, space nerds. Welcome to Raktagino and Root Beer, a Deep Space Nine podcast. I'm Matthew. And I'm Michael. On this podcast, we are reviewing every Deep Space Nine episode from the pilot to the finale. It'll be so exciting, it's going to give you umox. Pull up a chair and join in the discussion over some Raktagino and Root Beer. If you would like to contact us, set hailing frequencies to rrds9podcast at gmail.com. Today on the show, we are going to review Season 3, Episodes 25 and 26, Facets and the Adversary. The last two episodes of Season 3. As we were uh, talking about earlier, uh, not quite halfway through, but getting close to halfway through. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, Michael, why don't you start us off by giving us a synopsis of Facets. Oh, oh, it's another Jadzia Dax-centric episode. Let's hope that they pull this one off. Yeah. So, in this one... um, she undergoes the Zientara, the Trill Rite of Closure, where uh, her closest friends get together and part of her past lives are transferred, their memories are transferred into a friend. They're removed from her and she gets to talk to a, a predecessor, just like they're still alive. Talk to them about their lives and, and, and how their capabilities, memories, identity experience uh, translates into her mm-hmm. so it's pretty lovely and um although jadzia as we know has has a very bad past life uh, mm-hmm. in the name of joran a genius musician murderer so there's two plots to this episode the first one is the ceremony where uh each uh she goes through all these different lives and cisco uh volunteers to be joran so they put him in a in a uh in a holding cell and conduct the dialogue through there and then he basically says you know we're all superstar geniuses and Jitsia, you're just a little girl and you basically don't deserve to be amongst us which really throws her off and then the final um, previous host is Curzon Dax, Cisco's really good friend and he's incredibly selfish he basically ignores her and he he merges with Odo, and because of Odo's physiology, because he's a shapeshifter, uh, it's this weird thing where they basically uh, become each other and uh, create a new identity. She basically, you know, tries to figure out why, uh, when she was initiate, why um, uh, Curzon kicked her out of the program and mm-hmm. then let her back in. Yeah. Uh, so it's all it's her confronting all these feelings of being unworthy and. It turns out that he was actually, well, really selfish, but also in love with her. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that was just a way for him to avoid the whole thing. Um, in the B-plot, we have Nog trying to get into the Federation. He's basically trying to pass some tests to get into... Uh, uh, it's like the test it, before the yeah, test. Yeah, the test It's like a promise ring for the Federation. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, uh, in order to do it, he has to take this stress test in the simulator with uh, Miles O'Brien. And he takes the test, and uh, he fails. But Quark, <laughs> but Quark is acting very suspiciously, and they do the test in one of Quark's hollow suites. And Quark, as we've seen previously, does not want uh, him going into the Federation. He thinks yeah. it's disgraceful for Ferengi to do this. Mm-hmm. He wants uh, to kick around Nog like he kicks around his own brother in his bar. Yeah, he's going to um, lose labor. Yes. And Rom, father of the year, finds this out, confronts his brother Quark that he actually rigged the test so that Nog would fail. They retake the test, and to no one's surprise, Nog passes with flying <laughs> colors and 
So he passed the test before the test. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. There we go. How do you feel about this episode? Um, I really liked it. Uh, this is, I think, the best Jitsia episode we, we've had. Although I, I did I like we, the Klingons one when, yeah. when she fought with the Klingons. I think this is definitely one of the yeah. better ones. And it, and it worked for multiple reasons. One mm. of them was that Jadzia actually got to do things in this episode. Yes! <laughs> 10 out of 10. <laughs> Very much so. Sorry, but I interrupted you. Please continue oh. with your uh, No, no, that's a good point. I mean, the reason why this episode works, just like the Klingon one, is in previous Jadzia episodes, she's been unconscious. <laughs> she is so not... Writer's she, note, yeah, writer's, writer's note. note uh, <laughs> make sure that Jadzia is conscious when she is in, yeah. when an episode is centered around her. Yeah. Who knew that that would work? So, <laughs> there she is. She's conscious. And it's a very... It's a very lovely device, too, where, where her friends become her past lives and she's talking to them. Yeah. You have that lovely moment with... Uh, Quark, where he he's a woman and he's yeah. brushing Jitsia's hair yeah, as he talks, talking about and then he sort nursing, of yeah. nursing and children, it, and he sort of breaks in and says like, "Never tell anyone about this." Uh, <laughs> the entity that is uh, this body wants yeah. to talk to you. Uh, they get to play around with lots of fun stuff, and in the Cisco, it's very much uh, the Silence of the Lambs. It's yeah. it's Clarice and Hannibal Lecter, you know, and uh, and I thought and I thought that. That was a lovely scene. I mean, it was fantastically creepy. Incredibly it was, creepy. It was very creepy. Apparently, they filmed it twice, and we are watching the second version, because the first version, Cisco was... Uh, Avery Brooks was too creepy. Oh, Like, wow. he was just, like, so super creepy. Yeah. They're like, we can't use this. It's Avery, Bro- Avery Brooks, I have been so impressed with lately. I think mm-hmm. he's... I mean, he's been fantastic in the last few episodes. And this one... Yeah, I, I and I love uh, I love that moment where he finally snaps out of it and he's just like, oh hey, how's it going? Hey old man, oh. wait, not old man. Hey Jitsia, thanks for not breaking any bones. Um, oh, and Miles O'Brien is Tobin, the really kind of like nervous guy, shy, nervous guy, nervous genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I yeah, I really enjoyed this episode and also the B plot I loved because Rom is is the best. Yeah, he's the best dad. Yeah. He's the best dad in Federation. Yeah. And, or I guess in the Alpha Quadrant. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And confronting Quark and saying, like, I love my son more than money, which is pretty amazing for Frankie to yeah. say, but I yeah. thought it was great. And that whole scene where he comes in with uh, Nog at the end, hmm. and he, like, basically is so proud and is, like, he's like every father, you know, very proud and happy father, and he brings Nog in. Hmm. And, and Nog's embarrassed. And it was a great, great scene uh, between oh, yeah, the he, two. He makes his own st- uh, his own uniform, which yeah. he's, Nog is not supposed to wear. Yeah. And he makes him wear it in front of, <laughs> in front of everyone. And he has sweet. a matching, like, red... I don't even know what those things are called on the Ferengi and the, th- right. the thing on the back of their heads. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was good. I felt it was still weird. It was a bit of a weird episode because... Um, it didn't really have any forward momentum to the plot mm. until like halfway through. We didn't really know what the that's the, true. The yeah, crisis was going to be until like Curzon appeared, and he's like, "No, I'm not going to be." Yeah, uh, I mean, it's it's funny. I mean, she's she's nervous about about the ceremony and the way that the way that the ceremony gives them a pretty straightforward plot where you're going to be introduced to the seven different previous hosts. Mm-hmm. So you, you, that's all laid out. But then it's only until host uh, six and seven that things start to go wrong. 
Yeah, which is pretty deep into the episode. Yeah. Other than other than that, it's kind of smooth sailing. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So it was kind of it was a little. Um, it, it just there wasn't a lot of tension hmm. uh, up until like about Cisco goes about crazy half, about halfway through. Yeah. yeah. Um, we also don't. Um, this was pointed out in the notes for the episode. Hmm. Uh, remember, Dax was stolen. And implanted in that guy. Remember that guy? I can't remember his name. Remember they, they yeah. broke into the station and yeah. he was momentarily stole the Dax symbiont. Mm-hmm. It was one of the Dax centered episodes where Dax was unconscious. Right. Um So she doesn't re encounter this guy. Maybe it's like no, we just don't mm. want to encounter him again. I don't know. It's interesting. Well, the, the other, I was talking to my partner Jane, and she and she was she was wondering if the symbiont has any sort of identity or memory. Well, and this too, yeah. And be, because so she goes through the previous Trill hosts, but uh, but does the symbiont have anything else to offer? And and if not, I mean, we through Kira we we encountered the very first host. Mm-hmm. So what did she get out of this? I mean, she had no previous host memories all she had was a symbiont and what did it do for her well the, we've come to understand that the symbiont sometimes makes you feel more maybe just having the symbiont makes you feel more confident mm. and more energetic and balanced and things like that like that um the oh the gymnast the or, gymnast host yeah. yeah um but yeah it's uh it is interesting what does the dax bring to the equation we don't really know mm. does it just bring memories of floating around in one of those milky pools you know like <laughs> just maybe she should have had like i don't know someone take on the spirit of dax and yeah. have them just kind of gurgle around a pool for a little bit yeah um yeah i mean there's those questions as well like where is the dax's memories and what does it provide um, I like that we got to see another one of those uh, creepy guardians, the kind of like eunuch kind of people. Yeah, he was very well cast. Yeah, yeah. He like, gave off a very like act, like I can see him being in a monastery in medieval times somewhere. He's just yeah. a very sort of uh, monkish, like, like passive but also like aggressive. You know, like mm. they they don't want to interfere, but they're gonna they're very fussy, fussy. Mm. That's the whole thing, yeah. I, I just meant he, he seemed to remind me of like a PhD student or something yeah. locked away somewhere. Yeah. Who'd been studying too long in a, in a library. He's been caressing the, the, <laughs> the symbionts in their pools. <laughs> yeah. Talking to them. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want to go back to Cisco. Mm-hmm. So this is Joran, the, the, the creepy murderer. Mm-hmm. Um, so like when Cisco is embodying Joran... Why didn't anyone, like, when they saw Jaren, was like, mm, maybe we shouldn't give him a symbiote because he is, like, crazy. Yeah. Like, he's so weird. In, in the flashback, he didn't seem that over the top. Yeah. But, but through Cisco, I guess he's just, he's just comfortable being him, you know? <laughs> maybe he just had it locked down. Um, and why did he try to kill Jadzia? Uh, because he thinks that she's unworthy. Oh, that whole crazy scene where she's like, he's like, I will un- make you understand my strength. It will be over quickly. Yeah. Like, it was just creepy power thing over her. But he wanted to kill her. Yeah. And that, how That's would how that he expresses him? his strength. <laughs> I wasn't so, I was kind of like, this doesn't make a lot of yeah. sense to me. Oh, no, he's... Uh, um, yeah. 
I, and and also, okay, it's like I I get the idea that part of the Ziantara ceremony, you it needs to be people who are very close to the trill, but don't give the commanding officer of the space station the unstable killer. I mean, that's probably not the best idea. Well, he volunteered for that one, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and they had to bring in some uh, new character. Um, this uh, this mm. dabble girl Lita. Lita, who was in, she's in a previous one where she. she she was yeah. in one previous episode where she where, coughed. Yeah, where Bashir hit on her. Yeah, uh, but they had to like fill out the the lady quotient of um, hosts, so uh, they had to bring her out of stasis, I guess. Mm. Um, so we have to get it to Curzon, the Curzon character, and I had questions about this as well because they say that the the host. Uh, has to be willing to give up the memories, and Oda wasn't willing to give up the memories. Mm -hmm. And that felt weird to me. I was like, why doesn't Oda want to give up the memories? Because mm. this seems like a weird... To suddenly change your personality and like be merged between two personalities for the rest of your existence? That yeah. That really weird. I suppose you, you honestly would know how you'd feel if you were merged with another personality. It would, it would be impossible to tell. But I, but I can see that for Odo, he's always been observing solids and and, and yeah. to have some a solids memories implanted in you. And as he says at the end, where he now he knows yeah. how enjoyable it is to taste food. I mean, I, I understand that. But did he taste food? How did he get the power to taste food? No, he just remembers tasting food. Oh. Right? But yeah, this is the thing. This is the thing. Um... Curzon Odo, uh, the that being, was drinking a lot. Where yeah. was all that liquid going? <laughs> That's was it true. just pooling and yeah. like inside him, and then he just yeah. like discreetly like <laughs> shot it out? You know, <laughs> like yeah. what happened to it? Yeah, you know? it's very interesting. So there's no, and as we know, um, Odo can't taste anything. He has no taste buds. Mm -hmm. So. Curzon, as Odo, would not taste anything. He'd just be drinking, and it would have no flavor whatsoever. Yeah, that so, would be hellish for him. Well, that's the thing. I wouldn't enjoy that. No. If I was drinking, like, alcohol, like, he cranks out this uh, alcohol that he took from some yeah. smuggler, and he starts drinking it, and it would taste like nothing. You might as well be drinking Synthahol Extra Stout. I mean, <laughs> there's just no, there's nothing to it. <laughs> Um, so there were some weird parts about that. I did, however, I'm, I'm kind of trashing this episode, but I did really like the, the resolution of it. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a really nice little, uh, pivot. Yeah. Uh, with the idea that Curzon actually was in love with Jadzia. I, I also like, I mean, I, I think everyone can relate to this where, uh, you know, you're in school and you have a teacher who, who you really look, look, look up to, and then they give you a bad mark or something. And you're, you're always wondering like what, you know. Was I not good enough or, or what went yeah. wrong? And then to realize that that person is just a fallible human being, uh, like yeah. not the uh, not the perfect entity that you might think that they are by looking yeah. up to them. And and I, I think it's something... <laughs> entity. <laughs> entity. <laughs> You're, you've had a lot of alien teachers. I, I have a lot of alien teachers. <laughs> I don't like to talk about it, but I have. Uh, and I think that's a, sort of a, a, a thing you understand when you when you mature into an adult that, mm -hmm. you know, looking back on your past, uh, yeah. um, you, you sort of see people on the same level as you, I, I suppose. Yeah. No. And it was, a, I thought it was a nice moment cause it did explain why he would 
uh, reject her from the program and then mm-hmm. accept her back. It made perfect sense and it was a nice little resolution. And it was a nice, bizarre thing, idea that when they were rejoined, uh, Jadzia and Curzon would be together in the same being, which is very weird and bizarre, but I like it. Yeah, I thought that that was kind of creepy, but also beautiful at yeah. the same time. Yeah. yeah. So that was nice. Um, I, I liked... Uh, Curzon Odo had some good lines. My favorite was uh, when Jadzia comes into his room and Curzon goes, I was just oozing around the room. (laughs) (laughs) And I like that. That was good. Um, Before we... uh, Oh, Miles had a good line too at the end. About uh, uh, Nog. So he says, I just realized that as soon as that kid graduates, I'm going to have to call him sir. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, poor Miles. Miles <laughs> is lower than everyone else on the totem pole. Like, why is he still a non-commissioned officer? Why doesn't he... I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, yeah. He seems like he should be, like, lieutenant commander, and yet he's below at the level of an ensign. Yeah. Which is terrible. Yeah. I do just want to, before we move on from the Curzon Jadzia plotline, I do want to mention one other crucial thing mm-hmm. that... I felt I needed to address, and that is when Jadzia sits everyone down and says, can you embody parts of my personality for several hours? Everyone is like, sure. (laughs) And I am going to say, I would say no. Well, thank you. This is the volunteering thing in Star Trek that we're always talking about. (laughs) This is like, we're going on a suicide mission, and I understand, you know, if people don't want to volunteer, but everyone's like, yeah, okay, let's do it. (laughs) It's the same thing. And then, of course, Quark... Um, who is the greatest negotiator in the Alpha Quadrant, who can be um, turned to do anything that you want him to do by just fondling his ears for literally 30 seconds. Yeah. And then the guy's like, sure. I always always wonder if, do Frankie do that to each other when they're negotiating? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I am a little, uh, I found that a little strange. Uh, But yeah, the Nog and Rom and Quirk part was definitely great. I really liked it. Mm. I liked the scene at the beginning where Nog's in the runabout and then Jake comes in and knocks on the the screen, the Uh, windshield. Hey, what are you doing? Hey, what are you doing? And there's like (laughs) lights flying behind him. And uh, yeah, Jake Jake is so nice and casual. I love it. Um, And yeah, of course, the scene with Rom and Quark. Apparently they filmed it in one shot uh, because it was so well done. Mm. And uh, uh, Max Grodenchak, who plays Rom, was like, I, I'm upset that I didn't get to film it a couple more times and throw Armin a little uh, <laughs> around a bunch of time. Throw him into a wall. Yeah. Oh, that was a, that was a really fantastic scene. Yeah, they, they do so well together as brothers. Uh, you just ca- They just capture so much of that uh, hmm. uh, that connection between them. And uh, at the end, we have a call out to our podcast name. Ractagino and Root Beer. Yeah. Uh, Nog orders a root beer yeah. for the first time. And uh, it's a symbol of Earth. Hmm. And, uh, and Quirk says, a root beer, this is the end of Ferengi civilization. There, that, was, that was a nice touch. Yeah. There's also a hyper-obscure um, link to our podcast in the next episode. <laughs> Visually. <laughs> okay. That nobody will get. Okay. I don't fine. even think I got it. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Okay. Should we move on? Yeah. Let's move on to the 
to the adversary, if Matthew, you can do the honors. Okay. Um, so, at the beginning of this episode, Commander Sisko is finally promoted to captain. Poor guy's been mm-hmm. working with Commander for so long, and he finally gets his just desserts. And at his um, captain captaining ceremony, I don't know what it's <laughs> called, uh, an ambassador comes up to him and tells him that uh, the Zenkathy have started getting riled up and there's a potential of a war beginning between the Federation and the Zenkathy. So they need to get in the Defiant and take, of course, once again, the entire senior staff, leave no one behind because you can't do that, mm-hmm. and um, head towards Zenkathy space. On the way there, they, uh, they notice that their ship is being taken over by these weird little growing devices in all of the key systems. Mm-hmm. And they can't remove them because they're uh, protected by force fields. And they begin to hypothesize that there is a saboteur on board. Mm-hmm. They come up with a test to find the saboteur. They unmask the saboteur. It's the ambassador who turns out to be a changeling. Changeling runs out. And throughout the rest of the episode, it's basically a version of John Carpenter's The Thing. Mm-hmm. They're trying to find this shape-shifting monster throughout the ship. Lots of crazy things happen. But at the end, um, Odo is confronting the changeling while the ship is almost going to be self-destructing while Miles is trying to fix it all. And uh, Odo defeats the changeling, kills the changeling. Mm. So perhaps the first murderer of a changeling by another changeling yeah. in the history of the changelings. And Miles, of course, does his uh, traditional non-commissioned magic of saving everyone, and uh, they don't blow up. Yes. The very, end. The end. <laughs> very oh, nicely and, done. Uh, the end of the episode, we're left not with a cliffhanger, but it's similar to last season's, uh, where we are left with a feeling of dread because mm-hmm. the changeling, before he died, he said to Odo, um, you're too late, we're everywhere. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> very nicely done. So what did you think about this season finale? I liked it. Um, I was hoping for a little bit more for a season finale. I think, um, you know, this was kind of a bottle episode in some respects. Like it was all on one ship. Mm -hmm. And although it was creepy and I was, you know, I was pulled through it all the way through. It didn't feel like it gave me a huge amount um, it didn't feel like it was hugely resonant outside of the context of this particular episode. Like, I didn't feel like finding the Changeling meant anything beyond mm. what it was just a monster movie. Like, it was Aliens or The Thing or whatever. Yeah. That being said, I did enjoy it. I enjoyed it. Like, mm. I, I enjoyed the tension. I thought it was well done. The little, um, the kind of things they did to, like, ratchet up the tension or, like, the they suddenly realize at one point that um, causing someone to bleed will indicate if they're changing or not. And I was like, oh, yeah, why didn't they... Well, I didn't know. Why did they think about that? <laughs> yeah. I, okay, that's actually a good yeah, idea. that was a good point. Yeah. yeah. So there was, like, some nice moments in it. Um, but, yeah, uh, that was my issue. With I I, um, I love the thing, and, I, and, and it seems inevitable that if you're watching a science fiction show, they will use the thing plot. Uh, yeah. It's, it's in a classic X-Files... Uh, show uh, I remember and and so I thought that everything was great but what I it kind of threw me off 
the whole setup of this episode was needlessly complicated, where, where they suddenly introduce an entire, entirely new alien uh, species called the Zenkathi. And this, not only that, but then they set up some sort of political uprising where they say the Otark is gone or something. Yeah. And you don't need that exposition to weigh down a season finale episode. I mean, that's like a, a season, or, season opener. And it and the thing plotline is such a, it's such an easy thing to do, you know. Um, this this alien has taken over one of us, and we don't know who it is. You don't need a big, like I don't understand the whole uh, reasons for for sending the Defiant out in the first place. It could have been any other species. I'm saying, like it so could have been the like Romulans, Romulans or something, or the Cardassians or whoever. Sure, um, I. I feel like you're nitpicking there. I'm going to say that. I'm nitpicking? Yeah. But I did, once the episode got underway, um, I, I did like it. I thought it was very creepy with Miles O'Brien in the Jeffries tubes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and I found myself again wondering uh, why Jeffries was so small, why he made those tubes so <laughs> tiny. <laughs> Yeah, they have hallways to walk along. but Yeah. Uh, and I mean, there's some hilarious points, like at the beginning when... Uh, Cisco and Jadzia are in the are in a turbo lift. They're in a turbo lift for a while, mm-hmm. and the Defiant is small. I looked up. This is how nerdy I am. Now I who's the, now who's nitpicking? <laughs> I looked up the uh, schematics for the Defiant. Yeah, and it has like five floors, and the bridge is like pretty close to the engine room. Mm. Like. So I don't know where they were going in that turbo lift. They were just like hanging out in it for a while. So, but we got to see a lot more of the Defiant in this episode. Yeah, uh, they created some new sets for it. So it was like kind of a, it was like a tour of the the Defiant. Um, I just I just want to say um, the obscure reference to our podcast is it's not even a reference. What am I talking about? But but the uh, the captaining ceremony at the start where he gets his pip. Yeah. Um, there's a. A shot of him holding up a glass of champagne, and that's on our about page on our podcast. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Um, yeah, there was uh, in that scene too, and I wonder if this was intentional. It bothered me that the ambassador would frequently drink but then not drink. And then I was thinking later, oh, it's because he was a changeling, he wasn't drinking because mm. he's a changeling. There's a nice, there's a nice one too when uh, Bashir is drawing blood from people, and you can they kind of do a quick uh, show close up of his hands, and he switches two of the yeah, test tubes, so he's actually he's obviously hand. yeah, like that was a nice touch too. Yeah, I also like a, like a, a a good part of the of the thing plot is you always have that one guy who just starts freaking out and wants to shoot everyone. Yeah, and yeah. That was the blue guy in, in this episode. Yeah. He, he, poor Kira got matched up with the. Most nervous of all, the, yeah. of all the officers on board. Yeah, the bullion with the blue blood. Yeah. I like that too, that little detail. He had blue blood. Yeah, that was nice. Um, I liked Kira. Kira's like, whenever they're like, let's test to see who's a changeling. She's like, me first. <laughs> and I like that about Kira. She's like, I, I have nothing to hide, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, in the moment when they figure out that Bashir isn't a changeling mm. earlier in the episode and Miles is like super grateful and it's like a nice little moment of friendship between the two of them where like Miles was afraid that Bashir had been a changeling and right um 
Yeah, I mean, as like I think we're finding it hard to talk very much about this episode because there's not much to say. No, it's just, it, it, it was enjoyable, but yeah. it doesn't really go beyond this in many ways. No, I, I, I was, I mean. It's just a lead up to to the cliffhanger where where the shapeshifter says we are, you know we are everywhere you're too late. Yeah. Um, there was a nice detail that that uh, the shapeshifter is much better at assuming human shapes than Odo is. Yeah. And Odo's been amongst humanoids for his entire life. He's just not as skilled at changing shape as his people are. Yeah. And I will say this: I find sometimes. The changelings are kind of superhuman in their ability to not just only uh, assume someone's shape, but their voice and their mannerisms, mm. like, perfectly. So, and... Oh, and, yeah. And they seem to know, we've like, ne- a lot yeah. about their past. Like, like... We, we've never heard Odo assume someone else's voice. Yeah, we? I don't know. Well, he's, he can't assume other people's shape. He needs to practice more. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but like, for instance, uh, when the changeling takes on the shape of Odo, he, for some reason, knows a lot about Odo and uh, Miles's like, last trip as a, on the, in the kayaking program. Oh, yeah. And it's like, how would he know these things? Yeah. I don't know. So it's it's very. Sometimes they seem to have like a lot of. <laughs> Odo's like anyone could have gotten that information. Well, I mean, maybe because they're shapeshifters aboard. Presumably, they're aboard DS Nine gathering this in, this yeah. intel, right? Yeah. So there is there is definitely. Um, they 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 sometimes seem superhuman, I guess, and not just in changing shape, but in their ability to understand and mm. uh, recognize things. Um, so yeah, I guess at this point too, it's good to kind of wrap up the season and how do you feel about the season overall how do you feel about this i thought it was definitely the strongest season yet yeah um the the two-parter that we saw a few episodes back i think uh in retrospect those are um amongst my favorite episodes so far i thought they did a great job um yeah there was some really good uh frankie episodes in this one as well yeah Yeah, and just in general there wasn't there wasn't a lot of like super terrible episodes. Um, it, it, even... It's much more consistent. That's yeah. for sure. The quality is much more consistently uh, good. Yeah. yeah, I just wish that we could have episodes that were raised to a, a little bit of a higher level. Mm-hmm. Um, I sometimes feel like they're they're okay or they're they're pretty good, but I kind of want something that's just a little bit higher. You know, like something that's kind of making you feel, uh, making you think deeply about uh, issues or ideas um, mm-hmm. and, and that sort of thing. Like like the thing that I felt was missing from this episode. The changelings can represent so much, like we've had in a previous episode where, uh, I think it was the season opener, where Oda was talking to the female changeling and the changeling was talking about how they are interested in order and Odo is interested in justice and we kind of got an idea of like mm-hmm. the difference between the two and we could we could think more deeply about these issues mm-hmm. through the episode and then we end on this where there's no deepness whatsoever there's no kind of resonance so I was I want I want want all the episodes to be kind of 
at this height, but I'm overall happy with the quality of mm. the season. I don't really have much else to say about this. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a good season finale. I kind of wished it had been a little bit more exciting. I wish mm. it had been a cliffhanger, to be honest. Well, Apparently, Paramount did want to have a cliffhanger for some reason. Oh, weird. But I wanted a cliffhanger. I wanted something that's like ratchets up the excitement and tension. Mm. But we do have, we know that um, the changelings are all throughout the Federation and the Alpha Quadrant, so that's a little bit terrifying. And I actually, yeah, this is one thing I wanted to mention. You know, I think they, they kind of randomly chose um, the the changelings as the founders of the dominion mm -hmm. i think it was actually just before the end of season two that they they decided upon this because uh, previously they had just been developing the dominion as this kind of threat but they hadn't really thought through exactly how it was structured and um here we're starting to get at like kind of some of the functional consequences of them as a as an adversary is that they produce paranoia and terror. Mm -hmm. Like the the Borg, for instance, um, are awful because they just come in and they just destroy everything. Like they're just, they're so powerful. Yeah. They just destroy everything. And they're like a virus. You can't stop them. But the, the changelings are weird in the sense of like, nothing seems to have changed and yet everything has changed. I I, uh, I was thinking the the end of the season finale is very much like the body snatchers, and the body snatchers is very similar to kind of a thing plot where you have this strange alien entity that inhabits your neighbors, your friends, yeah, and uh, and they're actually clones or whatever, uh, and the 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 idea behind the ba the body snatchers was was always sort of. It, it's always it, it's a good movie um, for political paranoia for political shifts. Yeah. Where you realize that all your neighbors vote a certain way and you don't, or vice versa. Yeah. And 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 to me, I'm wondering if that's where they're going with also with the uh, yeah with the shapeshifters. Yeah, the sense that sometimes people are conforming in directions that seem sinister or. Mm -hmm. um, uh, objectionable like the those that those times when you feel like the whole world has suddenly moved in a direction that you're like why i don't understand why you're moving in this direction it's yeah. so awful so yeah so there is there's definitely those resonances so like it's hopefully going to be picked up in next seasons i actually i'm going to admit something i i didn't fully watch all the way through i watched um <gasps> <laughs> I know I know certain things that happen towards the end that are very key, uh, but I didn't watch it like every episode. Every, every episode. So right. as we move through, I'm I'm realizing there's there's things that I don't remember as well. Mm -hmm. There's still I still know a lot that happens, but right. But uh, yeah, so there's some interesting things that are gonna happen. I I have no idea about as well. Wow. So you're <laughs> I'm in the same boat. Welcome to the club. <laughs> uh, but apart from that, uh, do you have anything further you'd like to uh, point out? No, I, I just want to thank our listeners for sticking with us for three seasons now and four more to go. So yeah, onwards yeah. and upwards. Yes, I, I'd like to thank you as well. And uh, 
As always, please drop us a line at rrds9podcast at gmail.com. Subscribe, uh, rate us on iTunes, um, send us uh, carrier pigeons with little mash notes written mm-hmm. on their, uh, hanging from their feet or whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'd like any form of feedback. But thanks again for listening and have a great week.